thanks uh, for receiving me, and this is a wonderful day, the day of the Lord. Amen. And um, it's just uh, something interesting that I want to share. It is that um, seeing the same faces, it might sound like a little funny or silly for some of us, but it means a lot for a church. Because seeing the same faces after a while, um, I'm a visitor, it means that this church has been faithful for that time. We are here again and not uh, falling away as many people tend to be in, our, in, in, in this time of our country and entire world as well. So God is proving our faithfulness in the attendance to His church. So that is a good thing. I'm encouraged by that. Um, yeah, and thank you as well for uh, Pastor praying for my little one and family there. Um, first, I wanted to, as promised, um, some reports. Um, I asked uh, Dr. Ryan Bush to give me a report, and he sent me a report like this. Uh, very tiny letters and and two two pages long and things. But here I, I read something very interesting that he is working on. Over the past 40, uh, 24 months, we have delivered Old Testament surveys, New Testament surveys, evangel- uh, evangelism, discipleship, Bible interns, uh, one, Bible intern. Uh, two, systematic theology. One, systematic theology. Two, each student has received more than 30 good ministry books to add to their personal libraries. Each student has logged more than 190 hours of class time and dozens of hours outside of class working on projects. We have utilized more than 20 volunteers, pastors, who have given, given their time and resources to invest in these students. Each Apollos man had logged more than 20 hours in teaching time alongside trainers. They have also uh, developed teaching materials that they have delivered in our presence. So, as you know, um, Dr. Bush, Ryan Bush, um, had a ministry in Africa, right? Serving in several countries. And um, and I'm glad to to learn from him missions. He is an expert, I would say, in missions. And going to these difficult places and training men is one of the things that is really deep into my heart. I I want to to be able to to teach... um, people that is already serving. There are places that are difficult to access. And as you can imagine, they don't have the luxury that we have here, right? Um, Seminaries, right there um, in our country, in our state. We have several options sometimes, but they don't in the entire country. So it's a blessing. It's the Lord blessing uh, for them through the means of 
the missionary going to these areas. Well, that is a little bit of Ryan Bush. Um, I want to to talk now. Um, probably some of you already know. Um, Pastor asked me as well to give a little report of the seminary. Um, well, the big news for us, uh, the seminary, is that we are pursuing accreditation with uh, uh, an association of reform, um, uh, reform theological seminaries. <clears throat> so it's arts, right? And um, things went well. They came and visited us. We <clears throat> answer several questions they have for us, and they direct us in. in in the way we need to go in order to, to get the accreditation. And this is very important because um, it helps the students to, if they need to continue their studies, well, they can just uh, go and expand their studies in some, some, um, somewhere else. <clears throat> so if we continue in that direction as we are going, um, the good news is by November of this year, will be a fully accredited seminary. So praise the Lord for that. And lastly, um, uh, I want to bring also a little report from HeartCry. <laughs> Pastor, give me a... <laughs> I have so many contacts. In, in reality, it's like in, in the house of the Lord, we are, we are all brothers, right? And in some way, we... We know, I went to this church I visited, and I know more brothers, I have more contacts. That is the way that I, I, uh, I see church. And we are, this is the amazing thing. Three years ago, I went to Belarus. I didn't speak any Russian, and you can imagine. Um, but you can feel that love. You can feel that we serve the same God. Right, and just the shaking hands, just those those little actions of love or um, display of not respect, but uh, I would say um, care for you. It tells you a lot, even though we don't speak the same language. But that is something that gathers us together. So. Uh, as just as a note, I, I got to know also uh, Pastor um, John Snyder. Yeah, uh, I think the church is New Albany. New Albany, yeah. Yeah, there is a, a sweet brother too. He helped me a lot in his studies. He has a, a, a great book um, on knowing God. Okay, uh, Heart Cry. Heart Cry... I left Heart Cry, um, let's see, more or less a, a year ago. And I'm greatly surprised that they extended the number of countries that now are serving. Um, now we are serving, uh, well, Heart Cry is serving 63 countries with 360 missionaries in all those countries. Um, <clears throat> this is very important because for a long time we uh, maintain uh, missionaries, a number of missionaries that 
it was difficult to, to make it grow because it's difficult to, to have hubs in several countries and also um, that this develop a system to hold them accountable. That's one of the most difficult things. So I'm gladly surprised that definitely this expansion is, is bringing more challenge, but at the same time it's telling us that the, the Word of God is expanding. Amen. And we are in that way. You are being part of this expansion with your uh, support of Heart Cry. So we, uh, Heart Cry has two solid... Uh, it wants to have two solid uh, works in every country of the 1040 window. And um, if you are aware of that, the 1040 window is that... 1040 window is the... If you see in a map, it's called... It's from the... It's on coordinates, okay? Where is one of the, the areas that less gospel receive in the world. So we are talking about the Muslim countries... Um, Hindi countries and and so on. So the access of the gospel on those countries is very limited, and sometimes they are persecuted. You are not allowed to have meetings as we have in America. So the goal for Heart Cry is to expand in those areas and to have at least two works. Um, in every country, to solid uh, Bible studies, uh, uh, resources for uh, whoever is um, um, bringing the the word in those places. So, pray for that. Pray for that, and um, yeah, that will be um, my report from Heart Cry, and also. Um, to, for you to have an, an idea, there are 75 countries in this uh, 1040 window. 18 of those 75 are being covered so far. So we have a lot to go, yet there is a lot of work to do. And if um, I would just encourage your prayers for this ministry and also if the Lord put it in your heart right, to serve in something else than um, here in, in your local church you also might consider that okay I hope uh, that might fulfill expectations <laughs> um, let's pray let's pray Father, thank you. I give you thanks this morning because, Lord, your love towards us is visible in the faces of your people. Father, help us to see and to care to one another, to, to read your Bible and not just listen but to obey and to put in action, Father. 
In Jesus' name, amen. As we read, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And um, in this chapter, the Apostle Paul is um, particularly addressing um, a problem, right? You know, if if you are familiar with the uh, letter to the Corinthians, um, they have several problems. They have several. This was not the only problem they had. And um, that is very important for us to understand a little bit of the background that uh, the church in Corinth had. And you would be quite surprised that our environment, our surroundings are getting pretty much alike to what Corinth was. Um, for this, um, I, I also like to, to bring the input of Dr. MacArthur He said in his introduction to the book, he says, the most serious problem of the Corinthian church was worldliness and unwillingness to divorce the culture around them. Most of the believers could not consistently separate themselves from the old, selfish, immoral, and pagan ways it became necessary for Paul to write to correct this, as well as to command the the faithful Christians not not only to break fellowship with the disobedient and unrepentant members, but to put those members out of the church. You remember, there are several problems, as I said, several problems in this church. I'm not... (laughs) Don't think at all that I, oh, I picked this text because I'm going to tell you, oh, how bad it is. By the contrary, uh, I wanted to start this morning with that words of encouragement that I see in this church. You know, it might sound like uh, insignificant, but it is significant, brothers and sisters, that we might see each other again and... And even though I see more, more people today than last Sunday I've been here. So that is, is an encouragement, encouragement to me. So having said this, you remember there were, in, in Corinth, there were uh, brothers that They were fighting to each other. I'm from Apollos. I'm from Paul. I'm from Peter. Right? And here we are going to notice something very important. And I hope that I'm going to make very clear in this sermon about the love that it needs to be a priority. What happened? I'm going to ask you a question. 
Is the doctrine bad? Is doctrine bad? You're going to hear in certain environments that, oh, you have too much doctrine. You are reformed. You, you, you went to seminary. Oh, you are a church that read too much. You need the Holy Spirit. That is another extreme. That is not right. That is not right. Knowledge is necessary. Other than that, we cannot know our Lord. We cannot know the Lord if somebody does not transmit that knowledge to us. Or we are going to believe in a different God that usually happens. You go to the streets and you ask, are you, are you a believer? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Oh, yes. Hallelujah. I believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, do you know what Jesus Christ did for you? Yes, he died on a cross, right? Okay, you recognize your sin. What sin? They don't know about it. They don't know what sin is so, so polluted or so polluted our lives that we don't have any escape from the wrath of God but through Jesus Christ. So, this knowledge is that is necessary to have. Paul is not going against knowledge. He's not saying, oh, you know too much. You need to get focused and the most important thing. No, he's saying, you already know. We're going to read. Now, concerning this, uh, concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. You see? We all have knowledge. Knowledge puffed up, but love builds up. He's putting right away, in the beginning, give us a hint of what he's going to explain in the rest of the chapter. If anyone think that he has known anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. It, it, this, is, this is very important because um, see concerning the, the, the sacrifice in, the, the food sacrifice to idols, the Corinthian church knew everything. They, this, this was not something, oh, we don't know what to do. They were so caught in many fights inside that they were forgetting the important things. And at the beginning, as I said, Paul gave us this. Knowledge puffed up but love builds up why knowledge puffed up because knowledge has a very interesting effect in our lives and students in the missionary pastors every person that comes to a pulpit needs to be careful with this and not just the pastors or any person that might be 
teaching the scriptures, but also when we share the scriptures, we need to be careful with this. When we open the scriptures and we read our scriptures, when we have devotional time, we are learning. And learning, learning is power. It gives the authority given by God to open the book and teach others. But what I see a lot in reform circles, most of the time reform circles, it's that that very knowledge that should produce in us humbleness, it has the opposite effect. Let me explain that real briefly. I don't want to take much time on that, but we know that the doctrines of grace are doctrines that humble us. It's not, all, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about His work in our lives. What I contribute to my salvation? Sin. That's it. Sin. If you think you contribute something else, well, I have bad news for you. But believe it or not, that knowledge, brothers and sisters, that knowledge causing us pride. I didn't hear that. Oh, come, let me explain to you what that means. And then pride come out of in our hearts. And I see that a lot. And that when that pride goes up, puffed up, love don't grows at the same pace. It's it's almost a battle between love and pride. We need to kill that pride. We need to kill that pride. Now, I divided this sermon. That was just a little introduction, which is not that little. But I just want to focus on love, knowledge, and wisdom. Paul talks about love, knowledge, and wisdom here. So... Love. Concerning sacrifice to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. As I said before, this knowledge was not a problem in the, in the, in the church. The problem was love. Probably in your Bibles you have a, a, a different title. It's a freedom, Right? And I entitled this sermon, The Liberty of Love. And I want to explain this. Um, I hope my examples might bring some light. Imagine, imagine there is a grand piano here. Maybe some of you know how to play piano. I, I can't. I'm in the process. I just, you know, stumble with my fingers in a piano. 
But what happened with somebody that knows how to play piano? Beautiful melodies, beautiful songs, right? He goes from left to right and dance with the piano. And his fingers are just everywhere. And you cannot believe, you see, how you move like that. Years of experience, you might say. That is right. I will tell you, that man in a piano, he's free. He has freedom to bring any music he wants. But I am constrained. I cannot be free in a piano, on a piano, or I was seated there, I just make it cry. Right? Why? I, I want you to understand that parallel. Because I don't follow the rules. I don't know the rules. I'm ignorant. I want you to see the same thing of the law of the Lord. The law of God. Paul says in Romans, right? That the law bring, uh, convicts me of sin. It tells me that I am a sinner. So the law is, is good? Is the law good? Yes. Why is good? Exactly. But also it's good because it comes from God that He is good. So the law is good. But for the unbeliever, what happened? When you bring the law, imagine you are going to a party and you say, hey, um, sorry, I, I just brought the Ten Commandments here. I want to say it. And you are going to be well received in a party, right? Right? Not at all. Why? Why is so detestful that law that is beautiful to us? The psalmist said, how beautiful is your law. I meditate in your law day and night. So what it makes for some people beautiful and for some people hateful. This world, you know, the direction of this world. Pastor Bruce was telling, telling you need to be informed. And you know certain things that are going on. And this world does not love God. So, what is that that makes people hate the law? Is that the law said, obey your parents? And you don't like to obey them? Is that the law said, do not covet your neighbor's wife? That is wrong. It does, it does say also, do not covet his possessions. You don't like that? Oh, I like the gun that my neighbor had. I wish I can have that one. Or the car. Right? We might see those things a little silly, but in reality, it's, it's just a fight, an internal fight. But for us... It's telling us 
that we are sinners. But we love that because we have a changed heart. Amen? Do we have a changed heart? So we started seeing that there is a problem in us. It's a problem in us. That, that is what I want you to see. That love that is so difficult to us, it becomes a liberty. That love that before having a changed heart, I really cannot love that person. I really was glad to hear from Pastor Bruce that he prayed for a person that I need to be sincere. I don't pray much about. And he's the president, (laughs) Biden, with respect, right? But we need to pray for them. The Bible encourages us to pray for our authorities. For them to, to get to know the Lord, to, to someday they repent. How glorious might be one day one of those haters of God come and pray to God next to us. Amen. It would now be glorious. I hope that you fill your heart with that kind of love. Love for the lost souls. No, I... I I really prefer that, you know, this hidden people might just go to hell. That is not what Jesus Christ taught us. Love. What happened? Why they forgot to love this Corinthian church? Because they have these fights. I'm from Apollos. I'm from Peter. I'm from Paul. And blinding them into a big, important thing. So, love and and knowledge, Paul is not saying, hey, knowledge is bad. You you need to recharge from love, uh, recharge your batteries of love, and put aside a knowledge. No. Saying, knowledge is important. You already have it. You have it. Church, Maranatha Church, you already have that knowledge. The question is, are your priorities right? Knowledge is not here and love over here. Love is here. Right? And I saw it this morning, praying one another. That is what a a church is supposed to be doing. Why our country is in such difficulties? Because we don't pray. We don't pray. And pray is, 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 an, is, is, is an action of love. It's an action of love. Because something that the, 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 the flesh hates the most. What is it? I can read my Bible. I really, I, I just get up and uh, I read my Bible. But pray is a little bit more difficult. You are not with the disposition, you don't want to talk. It's like when you, you have a discussion with your spouse and eh, conversation gets a little bit like difficult, right? But you, 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 you feel like you need to have a right attitude, a right heart, and then you open your mouth 
and pray. Not always it's like that. But Jesus, what God say, what the apostle told us, is, is always keep praying. Do not cease in prayer. It's not when you feel good. It's every moment, all the time. So, knowledge. What is this knowledge that the Corinthians had? And we have those, we're going to read um, verse 4 and 5. It says, Therefore, concerning the, the eating of things, sacrifice to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is no God but one. For even if there is our so, so-called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, on earth, excuse me, as indeed there are many gods and many lords. The knowledge that Paul was saying, you have that knowledge, you know this already, is that you know that there is no other gods. You know that sacrifices are just rituals that have no power. Containers that hold no water. You know already this. But you are fighting. You are not loving towards your brother that stumble into understand this knowledge. If you might recall, if you are if you are if you are familiar with the, the the letter to the Corinthians, we have the chapter of love, which is chapter thirteen, right? We hear it all the time in weddings, in churches. But the the chapter of love does not start in thirteen. Thirteen is the culmination. Is is the big opening of love. The curtains opens and Paul explains what love is. And if you read carefully, it's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in chapter 13. But everything is started here with simple things. Putting pride before, putting knowledge before something. Hey, love. Chapter 9 and chapter 10 are going to deal the same thing. Love, love, love. What Apostle Paul is, is doing with the, with the Corinthians is to put the priorities right in its place. So, let's continue. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things... And we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things and we exist, exist through him. All of that is part of that knowledge. We know that, brothers and sisters. We know that we exist through God, because of God. We know that, I hope, right? Verse 7. However, and then comes the however in his letter, in, his, in this chapter, that tell us about 
wisdom. We have this knowledge, but we don't have wisdom. However, what we do with this knowledge? Is this knowledge to build your brother, your sister? Or is this knowledge to brag about your liberty? Brothers and sisters, we have liberty. We have liberty. One of the things that I treasure the most, one of the things that really make, make me jump of joy, is this heritage that we have as Baptists. This country was founded in a lot, a lot of Baptist principles. And one of those principles is the separation of church and state. Because we learned early on that you overlap one or the other, or the church over the government, or the government over the church, problems happen. Church over the state, we have Roman Catholicism. Church, uh, um, government over the, the church, what we have? The tyranny, or some, some, um, what happened in, in Switzerland. So it was a, a government, a, a Christian government. But we can fall a little bit on the, I don't want to say big words, but uh, theonomy, <laughs> which is a little bit of, uh, I'm not against, totally against theonomy, but it's a, a little bit of uh, the government in, imposing um, laws from the scriptures, right? Like we were like, again, Israel. We need to be um, back into, into the, the main point. We found problems, rather is the church on top or the government on top. So we noticed that, hey, God has a different kingdom. He said, what? My kingdom is not from this earth. We are in this world, but we belong to different jurisdictions. Right? Different jurisdictions. So the government cannot tell me here, oh, you cannot meet here. No, this is a different jurisdiction. Sorry, this is the kingdom of God. Government have nothing to do in this place. Baptist. Baptist theology. Do I need to serve my country? Do I need to go and get up and vote? Yes. Because I also belong to this country. And I'm a, single, uh, I'm a person, but I, I have to serve two kingdoms. Amen. I'm more devoted to one. Amen. Amen? I hope that is the same case to you. Right? So when this jurisdiction wants to overlap the other, we said, no. I serve a better kingdom. Church 
should be an embassy of heaven. Right? Keep that in mind. That is the knowledge that we need to have. Let's keep going. It's always my worst enemy is time. And we have this wisdom, right? What we do with this knowledge, we build up, we destroy. I think the spirit of the scriptures, Jesus Christ himself would teach us, and he teaches in his scriptures that the knowledge is made to build up the faith of others. And I see when we gather together, say, brothers, I have this petition. Brother, could you tell me if I'm correct in this? And you give a word of counseling. With that knowledge, you are not destroying. The example is, building is giving counsel, open the Bible, say, brother, I encourage you to persevere. Encouragement builds up. Destruction would be, um, hey, um, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be um, eating, eating meat these days. No, you, no, that you cannot do that. We have traditions that we need to respect. I'm from Peru, and um, in Peru, you know. South America has a lot of Catholics, Roman Catholics. And they have traditions, right? They have a lot of traditions. But evangelicals, we have to. We have some traditions too. Um, we tra- not, don't get uh, kind of uh, upset with the word tradition or, or surprise. Tradition is another word to say doctrine, Right? Um, we have the doctrine, the Baptist doctrine or tradition, you can say. Um, but there are some things that lean to legalism. One of those things, I'm not saying that if you have your, your own traditions, please check it on the scriptures and, you know, be happy. I'm not saying that... Uh, hey, you need to stop this and start doing something else. No. But I grew up in a home that we were not supposed to be eating blood. And there are some places in South America, they eat a lot of blood. They prepare some things and put it in sandwiches and those things. And for my family and I, that was like, ooh, uh, we don't do that. Well, I was so embarrassed when I was a kid to say that I was evangelical. Ah, I, I, I just wanted to blend in. Um, you know, uh, if somebody might think that I'm a Catholic, it's fine. You know, one day, one of those kids say, hey, Christian, I'm here. I have something. I want you to try this. I say, what is it? Ah, it's a sandwich. It has blood in it. I was so embarrassed to say that I'm a Christian. I don't eat those things. I ate it. And, um, oh, man. I felt after that like I made it the yeah, unpardonable sin. I felt, ah, should I tell my dad? My dad is going to spank me after this. 
You know, and, and that's the feeling that you have, not necessarily because your family or your church is legalistic, but in our heart, our heart is legalistic too. I just heard my dad tell, well, we don't do that. But I never heard that he is going to spank me about, about that, you know. So we build up in church really quick mountains, hills of legalism. We need to be careful with that. Now, <clears throat> wisdom is very important. Verse 8, and, and now I'm concluding with this. But food will not commend us to God, whether we neither lack if we do not eat, nor abound if we don't eat. But see to it that this authority of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. That is wisdom. <clears throat> hey, I go to a different culture and they don't drink wine at all. I'm not going to brag that, oh, <laughs> in my home country, I just drink eh, a lot of wine and I'm going to make him stumble. Not, not just culturally, but it could be even here in our surrounding, in our bro with brothers and sisters. So it's better to abstain. So why to abstain? Why the other person don't respect my freedom? You need to respect my freedom. That's what the problem with this conservative movement in the U.S. is. Why? Because the problem is you need to respect what I believe. Yeah, do whatever you want, but you respect what I believe. There is no self-sacrifice. And they are never going to understand that. Never. Because they don't have a regenerate heart. So we need to be careful. Yeah, we have a lot of similarities with conservatives. But we are Christians. We are Christians. So it's like a... I would say conservatives are like a big group, but Christians is at a group inside, more selective, because we go beyond. We go the extra mile. We give the coat, right? We offer the other cheek. People that does not know Jesus, they are not willing to do that. Remember, at the beginning, we, we read, John MacArthur said, the unwillingness of the Corinthians to separate themselves from the pagan culture surrounding them. Pagan culture is not just, uh, oh, there are bad places that I shouldn't go, and uh, parties, and is a way of thinking as well. It is important. We need to be informed, but most of all, permeate, filter all those things through the scriptures, through 
what we know about Jesus Christ, his character, his uh, benevolence, his love. Verse 10. For if someone sees you to have knowledge, dining in an idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be built up to eat things sacrificed to idols? The argument is clear, right? We are going to make him stumble. If, if he sees me doing something that for this weak person, oh, I'm, I'm doing something that I... or I'm seeing this brother doing something that I thought it was not permitted... I'm going to start doing too. I'm going to be in a stumbling block for them. In that case, for through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined. The brother for whose sake Christ died. And this is very important. This is very important. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, we see each other as redeemed by Christ. Okay, I raise my hand. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. But you look to your side, both sides. You see your brother and sister. He's redeemed also. He's redeemed. When you care, you have the ones that have children. You see your children, you take care of them. You take care of them, the children of your brother, or you smack them. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go, you stinker. We need to have the same love because we are being rescued by the same Savior. We are brothers and sisters. That's something, a privilege that we have. And that's why we call ourselves, ourselves, brothers and sisters and literally it is we are sons of our father God but also our father of faith right Abraham he is our spiritual father so are we caring in that way are we using our liberty to love remember a regenerate heart is able to love like a pianist knowing all the things knowing the technique knowing music he is free in a piano to play whatever he wants for through no, for your knowledge uh, excuse me we read that verse 12 and in that way by sinning against the brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak you sin against Christ when we are it is my right the Bible doesn't say anything about this what happened when is no love in everything you do 
And Paul is going to say it later, yeah? right? You know chapter 13, right? I can move mountains. I can speak like tongues. If, don't, if I don't have love, what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Brothers, love. Again, love. It is a freedom because a changing heart wants to love. We need to exercise that. And a conclusion, 13. Therefore, if food caused my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. Ever. So that I will not cause my brother to stumble. That is hard, isn't it? I like I love meat. I love barbecue. But there are places I know there are countries that they don't eat meat. And the if the Lord puts in my heart to go to those places, also I need to remember this. I'm not doing it to I'm going to teach them that I have freedom. And my ministry becomes about freedom instead of love. Do you notice that we can mess up orders and priorities really quick? This is very important, brothers. And, and this was my, my words of encouragement to you. Because... Not that I notice here, but I notice in, in several churches that um, we are more, we care more for freedom than for knowledge. Oh, excuse me, for love. And that is very important. And I think it's a recurrent theme, not just in, in Paul's letters but in Jesus Christ who from whom we learn love from Paul or from Jesus Christ from Jesus right his gospel he left his heaven and he became humble and died on a cross for miserable sinners Can we do the same? Now, uh, my closing words. Yeah. Okay. Christian. And I hear some other people too that I need to love. I need to love. Okay, I will love. But how? How? I heard you say many times, love, 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 love. Is this uh, butterflies in your stomach? What is love? Love is a person, right? Love is Jesus Christ. But love also is an action. What, is, what says John 1, 1? 
about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You know what word in Greek is that? Logos. Logos. The Logos of God. But Logos also means logic. Guess where your word logic comes from? Logos. So the Logos, the Word of God, this Jesus Christ is not just a word. It's the action. It's the logic. It's that power. He was in the beginning. He was in the creation. He goes all the way back to Genesis. And say, this Jesus was in the beginning. Love, and what I want to say, is an action. Love is not passive. As our God is never passive. He is always working, says Jesus. My Father is always working. And I do work also. So what we do... We need to display love. We need to show love. How, how can I display love? How can I make uh, this love count? Well, brothers, I, I'll give you several examples. I think you are wise, intelligent people. But I will give you an example that I always... It would be the, the last thing on my list, right? And say, a brother told me, Hey, Christian, I'm my... My toilet is broken. Could you help me to, you know, um, to fix it? And I say, oh, brother, you know, I can clean your house, but I don't like toilets. Brother, in love, you go, you put your boots, you put your gloves, and help. Okay? So, of course, my brother, anything for you. Jesus shed blood for you as for me I will do it Amen let's pray thank you Father for your infinite love in sending your son Jesus Christ in showing us the way that is in Jesus Christ that not just Show us how to live, but die for us. Shed that precious blood, oh Father. Our hearts are filled with infinite thankfulness. We don't even have words for what you have done on the cross. Help us to live by it to love one another, to see each other's co-heirs and humble ourselves, wash the feet of one another in service and good attitudes, Lord, in perseverance. Thank you again, Father, for this church.
In Jesus' name, amen.